1: The following program was pre-recorded and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. We don't need no education.
2: We don't need no
1: Get ready to take notes because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and
3: co-host Abigail Johnson. Welcome to Education America, where we are working to save the classroom so that we can save the country. K-12 education is the playing field where the battle is on for the future of our country. And as our 16th president Abraham Lincoln succinctly stated, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Those words were so true. And we're seeing it over and over and we have a fantastic
1: guest here mm-hmm. and I am Abigail Johnson and I absolutely love co-hosting this show with Rebecca Hegstrom and Tonight, we have on an absolutely phenomenal guest. He's been with our show before, but Mm -hmm. as our listeners often know, we run out of time. We have such interesting guests with such fantastic information to share that sometimes we don't have enough time with them. Mr. Alvin Louie was so kind and generous to come back on with us. He is the president of Courage is a Habit. It is a group that helps to defend your children from indoctrination and helps us parents navigate the quickly changing world of SEL, um, all of the different things going on in public schools. And Alvin, thank you so much for being with us again today.
0: Thank you very much for having me back, ladies. I really appreciate it. I had a a great conversation with you last time, so happy to be back.
3: Fantastic. Well, Elvin, when you were on last time, which, by the way, for our listeners, I think that show aired on May 27th. So you can look back Mm -hmm. at that show to get um, some background. But we're going to have you at least kind of give a brief synopsis again of your personal story that helped you identify the shift in the U.S. towards a more communistic culture, which I know that word scares people. Um, I think they think that, you know, it's helicopters in the sky and it it harkens Mm -hmm. back to the 60s when, you know, there was all the search for anybody who had communistic tendencies. Um, but the reality is you have been a part of communism, or at least your grandfather was, and so you experienced some of this. And so you recognize it when you see it. And I think it's important for people to note when we use that word communism, that you're not just... Um, Articulating an idea, a thought, a theory that maybe this is happening in the U.S. You have lived it, you have seen it, and you are recognizing it once again. So, let's have you share some background about your own story.
0: Absolutely. So, it's my great grandfather um, who ran from communism, miles communist China, and a lot of people because we don't teach that anymore in school. We don't teach about. Um, communism or socialism. Mm -hmm. So we really aren't whitewashing history in America. We're redwashing it. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Um, And there's a very good reason why we redwash history is because that way, when it comes to America, no one recognizes it. And that's what you're seeing today. Mm -hmm. So when people hear Marxists or communists, and they're there, they are different ideologies, but they all, they all lead to, you know, the Marxism does lead to communism. Mm -hmm. Um, People don't recognize any of the hallmarks. Exactly. So, for example, if you walk up to, you know, your average American, probably under 40, and you ask them, you know, what do you think about China and, and do you know it's communist, how long has been communist, they'll just believe it's always been that way. Hmm. But that's not true.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: my great grandfather uh, ran from it um, because when they came, they did the same thing that they're doing here. They're picking a group, blaming them, mm-hmm. um, you know, blaming the rich mm-hmm. here is blaming uh certain groups of people, you're a straight white person or Mm -hmm. whatever group they want to pick. They just Mm -hmm. start with that group and then they expand it so that they eventually uh, weaponize the young people against, Mm -hmm. against these groups so that it's, it's all, it's all revolutionist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So my great grandfather ran from it. um, And uh, that's how, you know, my family got to America. Um, And so, you know, my father never let us forget where we came from,
2: mm-hmm. but
0: not in a way of you're a victim, mm-hmm. but in a way of don't forget where you came from and be very, very grateful you're born in America. Mm-hmm. And so my father used to tell my siblings and I, if you, if you're born here and you can't make it, then you can't make it anywhere.
3: Mm. What and a so there's statement. A wow.
0: Yeah. And so that's, and so this is why when I started fighting things like critical race theory it was it. I can. I saw that that idea of uh, pushing the idea that America is oppressive and racist, and you can't succeed be, unless you, uh, unless, you uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> unless you support the government, unless you support what we say and help us fight for you. That is something that I'm very familiar with because all revolutionists start that way. Mm-hmm. You can't succeed. We will help you, yeah, um, so you know th- and so when when people come from Venezuela and Cuba, China, um, if you talk to anyone that comes from those countries, they will all tell you, what are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. Yes, what are you mm-hmm. wh- what are you guys doing? This you guys are bringing things here that we ran from. Yes, it doesn't matter. I've talked to people from Russia, from the U- Ukraine. Venezuela, Cuba, we all say the same thing. What are you doing? Hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's my background on it. And mm-hmm. so, but, you know, I was born in this country. So, yeah. you know, like all Americans, um, I uh, took that freedom for granted mm-hmm. because we grew up in it. So yes. yeah. what do we have to do? Nothing. You just live your life. You, you have the freedom to do whatever you want,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, be whoever you want. So there's no reason to look deeper. And I think all of us are guilty of that.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: this is why I say, like, when, when we're fighting this, you know, the indoctrination in K through 12 and, um, you know, the critical race theory, the um, uh, transgender ideology, the sexualization, all coming in through uh, social emotional learning, which is what we're going to touch a little bit upon mm-hmm. today. But, mm-hmm. you know, people, when they find out about this, they feel guilty. They feel angry. How do we miss it? How do we not know that this is, you know, that the the, the, the public schools have changed Colleges have changed right under our nose. Right. And I say, well, it's it's actually nobody's fault and it's everybody's fault. Mm. Um, it's nobody's fault in the sense that we didn't know that we were at war. We didn't know that that this was a uh, very a well-funded uh, attack to grab our children's mind and separate the children from us.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We didn't know that. So you can't win a war you don't know. Mm-hmm. They're fighting. Um, so it's no one's fault in that sense. But it's everyone's fault because we fail to remember that freedom in America has to be earned every generation. Mm-hmm. And we forgot that. And now here we are.
3: Yeah. And I th- not only did we forget that, but I think a lot needs to be said for the leaders. You know, I had that quote at the very beginning of our show that we remind mm-hmm. our listening audience of every every time we... Um, go on air, and that the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. And so, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day, in the early days of our republic, um, well, and he was the 16th president, so it wasn't the earliest days, but, you know, he, they understood this, that we couldn't take freedom for granted, and that we needed to always be vigilant about what we're teaching our school children. And building morality in a country, and I know one of our other presidents, I think, had a quote that, you know, only a moral society will be able to maintain yes. this republic. And um, so I think, you know, we have to also look at our leaders and realize that there has been a big change in the way our leaders lead. And um, they have gotten away from really defending the founding values of our country to the degree that the earlier leaders did, and then it, the people—the people follow suit. Their leaders, so mm-hmm. the way they lead is the way people follow. And yes. um, it's amazing how we've really seen that deterioration uh, over the course of time, um, even in our leadership. So, and we'll- one
1: of the things that's really I think as we move into discussing SEL is looking and looking at this cultural shift everyone is recognizing again as difficult as it is to acknowledge this has been on purpose and this is what Alvin's going to be yes. able to go into now discussing SEL discussing where it came from and I know that we have we have talked about this multiple times on the show but we are doing it because one it's very complicated mm-hmm. it is it's mm-hmm. the language is slippery and mm-hmm. so it yes. it's we need to do repetition, repetition. Rebecca and I are part of a classical school and we repeat, we, re- mm-hmm. you know, learning mm-hmm. comes from repetition. So that is why we continue right. to have amazing guests like you on the show to help learners understand. Number one, this is complicated. The language is slippery. Two, we need repetition. Three, is this is on purpose. And so with that, Mr. Louis, can we maybe go into SEL um, and then deep dive into the origins? Mm -hmm. I know that that is something you are an expert in.
0: Right. Thank you. So, it's very difficult to describe social emotional learning using social emotional learning. So, let, me approach it. let me let me approach it that's what everybody tries to do and it and then we end up nowhere and then everyone your listeners come Everyone's away going confused
3: wait what? Uh,
0: I don't know if I understand it any better. Scratching their so, heads. Let me, let me mm-hmm. yeah, let me teach it let me teach it in a way where I teach it during workshops and I think mm-hmm. you know uh, over the over the time I think I have found different ways to help people understand and, and come a, a little bit higher level, different angle to understand. Okay. So I'm going to do an exercise with you all. And I want everyone that's listening to do that, obviously in your own head, but I'm just going to give you a five second exercise. Okay. So, uh, and, and for you ladies, I want you to verbally do this exercise with me. So, all right. Um, all right. So I, if I tell you, I'm going to teach uh, uh, a nine-year-old, okay. I'm going to teach a nine-year-old girl, um, uh, you know, let's say my nine-year-old daughter, my nine-year-old niece uh, about empathy. I'm going to start to teach and explain what empathy means. She's nine. Now, keep in mind, she's not 19. She's nine. So keep that context in mind. All right. So I'm going to start with the both of you. Uh, Five seconds. In your mind, what do you think I'm going to try to teach her about empathy?
3: I'm going to try to teach her her to love and care for others, um, try to put themselves in the other person's shoes. And how to to think
1: before she speaks. Mm Mm-hmm. How will her words affect the person she's speaking to?
0: Okay, great. So I would say that you guys answered it, and I would assume that everyone listening to your wonderful show probably had some variation of the things you guys said. Mm -hmm. Love and care for others, put themselves in other people's shoes, think before she speaks. How will her work impact others' feelings, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so when when social-emotional learning came, came in and still exists, Today, it's, it's governing schools. It, it's literally the umbrella that blankets all K through 12. Mm-hmm. It is the program that's transformed the culture of K through 12. Mm-hmm. When it comes in, when it came in, and when parents ask about it, they'll say, all we're teaching is managing emotions.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: they will list out a half a dozen emotions that no parent on this planet would disagree with, one of them being empathy. Mm-hmm. So what happens is this is what we call language contamination. Mm-hmm. They use your vocabulary, but not your dictionary.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay? So when you still, they say just managing emotions, just teaching kids to get along, you know, teaching the golden rule kind of thing. They don't say that, but that's what it is, mm-hmm. the golden rule, right? Teaching mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, empathy and thinking about your neighbors and things. Mm-hmm. Okay? So most parents hear that and go, oh, good. Mm-hmm. I do that, too fantastic mm-hmm. glad schools are doing it okay so here's where the language contamination comes in okay you all think that they're teaching empathy love and care for others put themselves in other people's shoes think before she speaks how are her words impact her feelings but what social emotional learning does is in I an ideologically captured brainwashing program disguised as mental health
2: mm-hmm.
0: so when they teach empathy starting at elementary school. Well, their goal is that by the time the girl becomes 13, 14, 15, when a boy, I'll give you this example, when a boy or a grown man walks into her locker room and he drops his pants, mm-hmm. she now, instead of having that reaction that every woman on the planet should have,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? That, yeah. that, hey, what yes. are you doing, right? Yeah. She now has been taught now through social emotional learning to have empathy. But wait a minute, what did you guys just say? Mm -hmm. She has to put herself in another person's shoes. Mm
2: -hmm. She has
0: to think before she speaks. Uh Her words will Uh impact his feelings. Now, when I do this exercise, presumably what you ladies are thinking and what everybody's listening going, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. (laughs) That's not what I meant.
3: Right, right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm.
0: Because they understand that's not, they know you don't think that. Mm -hmm. Because you have discernment. You're a parent. You have discernment. Mm -hmm. But when you guys came up with your definitions of empathy, you didn't mean that. That's using your vocabulary, but not your dictionary. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's take another example. Social emotional learning. Uh, Social emotional learning Mm -hmm. has five competencies and every school has it. Every school has it. Yes. And those you're in Texas and Florida. Okay. Mm -hmm. Every school has it. Mm -hmm. So one of the competencies is Uh, responsible Mm decision-making. Okay. How can that be bad? How can responsible this, how is that going to be bad? Well, (laughs) Social emotional learning teaches you that if you're white, when you get older, you have to vote for reparations.
1: Yes.
2: You have
0: to vote to defund the police. That's Mm -hmm. your responsible decision-making.
1: Now, Alvin, is this going to be, uh, would that fit under, and I'm, I apologize for pulling in another complicated term. Would this would fit right under conscientization? Is that correct? Dr. James Lindsay talks about conscientization, teaching yep. everyone to. see Well, it's it's teaching everyone to oh. see situations through a a. a political lens. And when I say political, it basically a um, intersectionality hierarchy.
0: That is exactly right. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, okay.
2: That is
0: not a separate topic. That's exactly right. He's just breaking it down in a more micro sense. I'm I'm giving a higher, uh, you know, example of helping people understand. He's Mm -hmm. talking about uh, what he's talking about is called culturally responsive teaching. Mm Okay, that and, and you know what, I'll actually actually I'll lead into that with this example. So I'm glad you brought that up, because I'll actually touch upon that. And what you just said about the lens. So anytime. So one of the things about when I teach parents about social emotional learning, before you can understand uh, the, 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 the destructiveness of social emotional learning, you have to understand the concept of language contamination. Because if you don't understand the concept of language contamination, everything they say will sound good.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: So let me give you one more example, and then I'll tie it back to what James was talking about, which is culturally responsive teaching. Let me take a concept that they have not yet uh, commandeered and contaminated, because they've contaminated inclusion and empathy and diversity Mm -hmm. and belonging and kindness and empathy. Okay, Mm -hmm. But let me give you one that they haven't touched yet, goal-setting. Now, this should not set off any kind of political or emotional triggers for anybody because, again, they haven't contaminated that word uh, like equality or equity, right? Mm -hmm. Now, all of us listening today understand the importance of goal setting, short-term goals, long-term goals. Uh, You ladies are very successful at what you do because you had goals. You said you wanted a show, so you had to put that together. You had goals. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. We teach our children goals, very little, very little. You want to save your money. You want to buy this toy. Right. And then, of course, you increase from there. You want to start a business. Well, what do you got to do? So how can goal setting be bad? Goal setting is not bad. But let me ask you guys a question. Once in a great long while, thankfully, it's once in a while would be this a serial killer that makes the national news. And then the police would go on this, you know, month months month long manhunt maybe even years, and then you finally catch him, in the, right? and, then, and, then, and then the country celebrates, you caught a serial killer. Do you find it funny that we never say, hey, that guy, that serial killer, he's a really good goal setter. <laughs> that was true, though. He had goals. Sometimes he exceeded his goals, which is really awful. But he also had grit. He had tenacity. He was yep. resourceful. Yep. He got. I mean, he led a, a, a nationwide FBI manhunt. They couldn't find him for months, maybe years. Mm-hmm. Very resourceful. He's intelligent. Mm-hmm. He hunted down his victims. Sometimes he had to come back a few times. He was. He never took no for an answer. <laughs> How come we don't say that about a serial killer?
3: <laughs> this is great, though. I mean, this is such a great visual and analogy. I mean, well, we yeah. don't. We yeah. don't
0: because we're not insane. Yes, We don't because we are a civilized society. We are a good society. We would never uh, attribute these positive connotations to a serial killer. But if you took the morality out of it, is he not mm-hmm. all these things? Yes. Mm-hmm. So now let me bring back to James's point.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: When a school tells you social emotional learning, oh, the trans ideology, it's just about kindness. Is this about inclusion? What I don't want your parents listening today to go, oh good, I teach that too.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't want them to have that, that 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 knee-jerk reaction to that. What I want instead for your parents to train themselves to ask this one question, through whose lens is it? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Okay, because.
3: And that worldview.
0: Because traits, character traits are not good or bad. We assign good, uh, positive connotations to traits because we're good people. But like goal setting, goal setting in itself is not good or bad. If you walk up to anyone, goes goal setting good, they'll say yes. But honestly speaking, goal setting is simply a skill. Mm-hmm. Depending on who uses it. If you are a business, person, if you're you know create a business, you have goals, great. If you want to go ahead and uh, do a science fair and and create something to win a science fair, you have goals, great. You're a serial killer, not great. But it's still goal setting. Mm-hmm. So this is why it's so important that we understand when these these these, these bad actors uh, or, or or these child mutilation advocates, you know, using transgenderism and critical race theory and social emotional learning. By the way, social emotional learning brings those in, that's the umbrella, they're not separate things. Okay? Right. That's okay. the umbrella through mental health. You have to ask yourself through whose lens is that being taught? Uh-huh. I gave you an example of empathy. I don't think anyone's going to look at empathy the same way again. Right. I gave you an example of responsible decision making. How it can lead into things like, oh, if you're white, vote this way. If you're if you're not white, you have to tear down the system. Uh-huh. Goal setting. Those three examples should help your parents understand. You have to ask, and this is what James is talking about. Through whose lens is it being taught? Yes. And uh-huh. in K through 12 today, your school teachers and your school counselors always teach your s- children through the lens. Of a critical race theorist mm-hmm. or a transgender recruiter. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that is what social emotional learning is. That is
1: that is I Excellent. that is probably the most succinct way that you know, I I mean in my mind right now all the puzzle pieces are clicking together mm-hmm. like I'm playing a reverse game of Jenga almost. Mm-hmm. Right. In, and what I mean by that, I, we've had even uh, other experts and teachers on the show exposing what's going on in schools through what's called restorative justice and, you know, basically allowing kids that are not behaving well to remain in school in the classroom. And that's exactly it. They're saying, well, this, this is restoring the child and you, and you think, but through whose lens lens. is this being taught? Because what about the other 25 kids in the class that want to learn and their learning is being disruptive. Mm -hmm. So that is so pivotal Everyone who go. is listening, through whose lens. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by love is love? What do you mean by tolerance? Mm-hmm. What do you mean by kindness? And I will point out to everyone, um, Courage is a Habit. They are on all of the social media sites. And one that I stumbled on um, this morning that I thought, oh my gosh, this is fantastic, was mm-hmm. Worshiping at the Altar of Kindness. And you mm-hmm. have a really great graphic on Instagram yeah. on that. and it, But it yeah. is so True. It is the weaponization of kindness. The word kindness, and you, you realize none of this is optional. You know, when someone says no. be kind, uh, and Lambda Legal just came out. Um, this has been all over social media this week, saying pronouns. <laughs> yeah. Pronouns. This is this is not optional, and they're now just coming yeah. out and saying it. And you're going, ah, yeah. yep. Well, at least you're being up front.
0: <laughs> Yeah. So that, that that sentence be kind is they they forgot they didn't they leave out the second part of that sentence is be kind or else.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: So so when someone tells you you got to be kind and they're 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 trying to guilt you, uh, remember they they they're they're not saying the second part out loud. It's be kind or else.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And restorative justice is a large part of social emotional learning. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm, I'm sure you've had other people on there talking about it, but, but basically so, uh, restorative justice says that if you're a certain color student, uh, you should have a less punishment or no punishment simply because uh, the country's already oppressive and racist and the system's racist. So it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see that in California, New York, and some other states. Oh, it's, where have, it's a revolving Minas- door. It's
3: it's it's Rampant. in every state. Minnesota, it's yeah. in every mm-hmm. state. Yeah. It is in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. I, I can tell you that when I interview teachers um, for positions yeah. at our school, coming from um, mostly public schools, but unfortunately, yeah. I think even some of the private schools are buying into this. Um, oh yes. You know, it's it's appalling what they've had to tolerate, and oh, we yeah. we actually did a whole show about a year ago on why teachers are exiting the profession. And a lot of it comes down to this very issue. Yes,
0: restorative justice. Yeah. Yes, yes, By the way, they let can't me just, teach. Let me just say real quick, when I said California, New York, I, I, I didn't clarify. I didn't mean in the schools. I meant like as a state, like the policy yes. oh, yes. in terms yes. of the revolving mm-hmm. door. I know Minnesota, Detroit, Chicago. Yeah. Those places have a revolving door for criminals
2: mm-hmm. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. because they're extending the restorative justice from schools. I yes. will say though, restorative justice is in every state. In yes. Every and in fact, Mr. Yes, Alvin, could
1: you, and you may or may not know, I know just a tiny bit on this one. Even those of you who are listening in other states that think, well, not my state, even the state, my home state of Iowa, which is oh, historic. They are, I believe Governor Reynolds right now, they're they're wrestling through whether or not to con- continue to use uh, Castle in their curriculum, mm-hmm. I believe. And, mm-hmm. and if you know more on yeah. that, happy to talk, chat. Yes. But I mean, this is a very red state, and they think that they're safe in these schools.
0: No, no, they are not. And I can get into that a little bit more as to why. And so let me just touch upon this really quickly that I hear every day. And let me just kind of help your uh, listeners understand the red state, blue state argument. And then I'll go into Castle a little bit.
3: Well, and we might have to we save have a, Castle a, for the we next got two show. <laughs> we, have, we
1: literally have about a and minute and a half. all of our yes. listeners know that Mr. Louie will be coming back with us. So yes. we're going to continue this, this conversation. conversation. But, it?
0: Let's talk, let's talk Castle and then we'll talk some other, you know, like yes. some of the transgender trafficking in the next yep. episode. But in a minute and a half, let me explain to you. People confuse the benefits of a red state in the state level. And then they apply it to school level. Obviously, red states have, they do, you know, taxes and crime and all those things that why people have a better quality of life in a red state, crime and things like that, by far than a blue state. No argument, no question, right? Mm -hmm. However, when it comes to the education, it doesn't matter because social emotional learning and the school counselors are all trained. They don't care about laws in the state. Yes, mm-hmm. and so that's why I want your listeners to understand that if you have a false sense of security because you're in a red state, that's when they're gonna, that's when they're gonna grab your kids, and you won't see it coming mm-hmm. because you have a false sense of security.
3: Well, and and I agree with that, and that's actually one of the things that we've talked about also on our show because in Minnesota, there's been this huge uproar over the social uh, studies standards; they've been rewritten, and they're waiting to get finally approved by an administrative law judge, and they made some changes at the legislative level to try to make that a more smooth operation. Long story short, what I've been saying is, in a sense, it doesn't matter whether these things get shut down because the teachers are already trained to teach this way. That's right. And it's going to happen regardless. And that's what parents also need to understand. So okay, we really are down here to just a few seconds, and so let's just go ahead and plug your uh, website one more time. It's courageisahabit.org. dot org. Yes, and he and please look them up. Look them up
1: on Twitter. Look them up on Instagram. Um, they do Twitter fantastic yeah. posts. You said that already. Yep, <laughs> Twitter fantastic <laughs> posts. They will help put parents on the offensive instead of
3: playing defense for your kids. Excellent website. Excellent. Full of resources. So thanks again, Mr. Alvin Louie, and we will look forward to having you back again next week. And I'm sure our listeners will, too. Thank you for joining us tonight at Education America, uh, where we are working to save the country by saving the classroom. Have a good night.